You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. Welcome back to the show, America's Healthcare Challenge. Again, um, you can check us out. Um, we've got our stuff all over social media, whether that's Facebook, uh, our Facebook page.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. We put our stuff out there quite regularly. And then, obviously, all of our uh, library of segments uh, on this program covering uh, running the gamut of all things healthcare on our SoundCloud page. Just search Edie Bellis or America's Healthcare Challenge, and you'll find it. And we're talking here uh, with Dr. Jill Poole this week about allergies. It is the season uh, of allergies. I know some leaves have some problems, uh, apparently. Uh, she can tell us a little bit more about that. But I also wanted to take some time to talk about food allergies. Everybody, I think when the word allergy comes into my head, I think of um, like hay fever or pollen or allergic to cats. But um, there are many food allergies, and I do have a weak stomach. I don't think that I have necessarily any food allergies, but I noticed that I might have a sensitivity to gluten every now and then, and I know many Americans feel the same way. Uh, do you treat a lot of patients uh, in that scenario, Dr. Poole? Oh, yes. We, I see a lot of patients with um, abdominal problems and, and uh, issues with food, and, and gluten comes up in many of our conversations. So what are some of the common food allergies out there that people know about or might not know about? and Maybe what's something they should be aware of, you know? <laughs> well, you have to think about the age group. So in children, uh, milk and egg and nuts, like peanuts, um, are the food allergies that tend to be the, the, the highest. Um, peanut and tree nuts can have the most scary uh, reactions uh, for, for children. And then so as they get older, some will actually lose their food allergy to it, um, but they can continue it on to adulthood. Uh, in adults, uh, we see a new onset of common like shrimp allergy or shellfish allergy or fish allergy that tends to somehow come up out of the blue for patients and they get hives and rashes for that. Um, but what you were talking about earlier is there's been a real interest in um, gluten. There's uh, celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease uh, that can we can diagnose by biopsying and blood tests help. And then you can be allergic to gluten products like wheat and rye and barley, where you eat those foods and you break out in hives and rashes and such, or have major vomiting after you eat them. And then there's been a trend here on uh, this gluten sensitivity, and a lot of people will feel that if they eat a lot of gluten products, which you know taste really good, um, that are out there, they they get they feel sick. Um, now, I can't have a specific test for gluten sensitivity, um, but I talk to patients about it to see if that's what's causing some of their ails. What are like so typical symptoms of somebody that, I mean, they're not, you know, completely, uh, like, well, what happens, you said, if, if, if they have it really bad, they completely break out? In the... Yeah, I mean, if they're allergic to gluten, it's, it's usually not subtle. I mean, there's hives, right. uh, facial swelling, um, they can have profuse vomiting, uh, abdominal pain, you know, within 30 minutes of eating the food if they're allergic to it. What causes that allergical reaction? Well, it's a, it's a fancy immunologic response, but the body starts making these allergy antibodies to uh, gluten, uh, these proteins, and then will, uh, and the wheat proteins, and then uh, they recognize it as foreign. So, it's an abnormal response to develop a, these allergy res 
molecules to a food that's pretty common. But if somebody's not allergic to, like, say, a gluten or something, like, they just kind of would just have general discomfort? Yeah, so there's uh, been increasing interest in gluten sensitivity, whereas if they eat gluten, they're not per se doing their body any permanent harm like they would in celiac disease or or an allergy, but they can get bloating, water retention. Uh, Some people report headaches. Some have a little kind of itchiness sometimes to it. Um, And if you're curious if this is you, if you're having a lot of abdominal symptoms that no one can explain, uh, we'll talk about going on a 30-day gluten-free challenge um, and keep a diary to see if that helps you. So what... what what it, what is it? like what would be in that challenge what would be some things that they might phase out that maybe so i just think that people are probably if they might have that they're exposed or taking you know like what if they drink beer for example like that's well, probably that's, not on the list right <laughs> you're right beer has uh now there are beers that don't but most beers have gluten and that does surprise um particularly my some some of my patients will be surprised to hear that but uh, yes, uh, beer has, uh, most beers have gluten. You can get gluten-free beers, um, mm-hmm. but you have to ask and look for it specifically. Right. Um, then the other common source is going to be things that are made with flour, so, or, you know, wheat flour, um, pizzas and breads and croissants and muffins and cookies and uh, all those good foods. Right, no kidding. How So how do they make it gluten-free? I, I, I mean, I guess I should... I, do you know that answer? Is just oh well. There's, I mean, this is a whole uh, area. Uh, there's tons of books out there and cookbooks available for gluten-free eating. Uh, there's gluten-free products in uh, grocery stores, and so it ends up. I mean, the easiest way to go gluten-free is to <laughs> eat fruits, vegetables, salads, uh, meats, and avoid. Does rice have gluten or no? Nope, rice is fine. So rice, rice and rice flour are safe. Oh, they have rice flour. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah, there's. Hey, corn. I learned something new. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what what are some of the other um, common? I guess you said peanuts. I, I guess that is that a really kind of is that almost a deadly? Are there any deadly type of allergies well, like the, for your food? I, I call them the deadly and scary is going to be your peanut and your tree nut allergies. And that is because we don't understand why those foods in particular, it just takes just tiny amounts in a peanut allergic child or adult to set them off. Um, And so they can uh, have scenarios where they eat a cookie that has some peanut in it and they didn't, you know, peanut butter and they didn't recognize it and just one bite can set them into a severe allergic reaction where they're uh, you know, they, they swell up, they get hives, they can't breathe, um, and you need aggressive therapy like an epinephrine injection. What's that? Oh, is that? So EpiPens or adrenaline, those oh, geez. those pins. And so people that have peanut and tree nut allergy carry those with them in case can, they have these exposures. But can you test if you're allergic to peanuts yeah. or you just have to find out? Well, usually, I mean, we don't. We, we don't just test people just to see if they may have it. Um, usually patients have had some exposure and had oh. a reaction, and then we test them and, and work with them through that. Is it, um, does that, like, pass down genetically? Well, that's a good question. Um, we, we don't entirely think so, but allergies in general tend to run in families, so I guess it's a, a hedge of an answer there. But having an allergic sibling or allergic parent 
has a, you uh, if you're the sibling or you know child of that parent, uh, your risk of having allergy increases. Right, right. I just got it. I just had a picture. I mean, a picture of a young family with a little kid eating a peanut or a cookie, like you said. And I mean, that has to be. You probably deal with parents all the time that ha- are probably freaked out of, uh, because their kid had an allergic reaction. Oh, it's very scary. I, I've personally even been at years ago. I was at a Halloween party and I, I saw it happen. <laughs> this little three-year-old just grabbed a cookie off the plate and, and had a reaction. Now, hers wasn't life-threatening. We were able to, you know, deal were, with it. Were you it, the doctor that saved the day? <laughs> I helped the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is the there day. a doctor in the house? <laughs> I was right there. So, um, so they, they are, they're scary and, and it does have a lot of fear in parents and uh, and rightly so. Right, right. That's that's great. Um, any other things you'd like to share with the audience? Well, other foods that can be problematic include, you know, dairy products. So if a lot of abdominal pain, we see a lot of patients who can't tolerate lactose, and that becomes a little bit more common as we get older. Um, and so you get diarrhea and abdominal pain and such when you eat, cow, you know, drink cow's milk or have ice cream or with dairy products. And so, again... You said that can change as you get older? Yeah, you can get that as you get older. Okay. Or younger, too. Yeah, right? and young people can have it, too. And again, that's where food diaries and keeping track of timing of your symptoms is That's important. probably a good idea to do a food diary. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, any other advice uh, for somebody who uh, might be suffering from um, natural allergies? Uh, you, you said ask the pharmacist? Right? Well, yeah, the pharmacist can... Con- direct you to these uh, medications uh, that are won't cause you to fall asleep, not drowsy, and the nose sprays and the sinus rinses. And then, you know, once you've tried the over-the-counter medications, um, you know, I recommend you see a physician, even your primary care physician can help you. There are prescription allergy medications. And if those don't work, um, then they, you can be referred to allergists, um, which are in most communities, that can do skin testing to see what you're allergic to, maybe, or unfortunately it is your pet or not. And uh, there are aggressive measures like allergy shots or desensitization where uh, it's like a three- to five-year process where you get lots of shots basically monthly at one point that desensitize you to what you're allergic to. And so I have a number of patients who are on allergy shots to desensitize them to their allergies. Um, And it works really quite well. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Any final thoughts? Oh, I think that sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Poole, for your time here on America's Healthcare Challenge. It's been great talking to you. I hope we can bring you back again sometime. Oh, well, you too. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you.